Hey everybody, welcome back for another episode of Coach My World. I am Renee Roberts and I am your coach for this episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for all of your support, especially with the last three episodes with the con- the candid conversation with my children. Listen, you guys gave me such tremendous feedback uh, and it meant a lot to me, but it also meant a lot to my children. I thank you because I believe that many of you heard their hearts and many of you concurred with their hearts and many of you have also committed to praying for them and I appreciate that. They appreciate that. We appreciate you guys. Um, It was an eventful thing. And we're going to get into some things today because I'm going to be talking about the downsides of religion. This kind of led me into this particular topic that I just is burning in my heart. But just a reminder before we get deep into that, go ahead. Don't forget to visit my website at IamReneeRoberts.com. You can also visit my Facebook and Instagram platforms at I am Renee Roberts. And of course, my ultimate goal is for each episode to be a therapeutic time of self-discovery, healing, and for progress for your life. So let's get our lives moving forward, uh, especially as it pertains to this, uh, what we call in my religion, my Christian religion, church hurt Now, religion, we have to understand, is a part of our social society. And so whether we are part of a religious organization or not, it's still a part of our social society. Even in research, it is a very vital part of our environmental influences, our social influences. And so as human beings, we are constantly being influenced in how we think, how we behave, how we believe, how we respond, and even how we relate to others when it comes to our religion. You know, in my culture, Christianity is our religious belief system. That's what we believe in. We believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. We believe in the Bible. Um, Not necessarily like they say the King James Version, but we believe in the principles of the Bible. And I was raised under this my entire life. My husband was raised under it his entire life. And of course, as a result, our children were raised under it. Never in all of these years would I have ever imagined that my kids would have been treated the way that that they were treated. This is a place now that's supposed to be a safe and and, uh, a place where they can be influenced to flourish. But instead, it turned out to be a, a place of traumatic experiences, of painful experiences. And you know, honestly, I must say I was and still am a little angry and hurt by some of the things that they shared, although they were past events. It still hurts to know that it affected my kids that the way that the way that they were affected. And it also hurts to know that people I trusted, people my husband and I trusted, that they, you know, failed us in that manner. And so as a pastor, I guess I expected more. But, you know, unfortunately, here's the other side of that. I was also a part of the same vicious cycle growing up, never thinking my family would become a target in this non-apologetic and destructive cycle. Now, in no way am I criticizing religion, so don't come at me like that. This is simply an an analytical evaluation based on my experiences, my kids' experiences, and even others that I personally know of experiences that, that are part of this cycle within the Christian church. Now, every religion has their own issues. I can only speak from the Christian perspective because that is the only religion I've ever been uh, a part of. 
And so I don't want it. I don't want to people to get the wrong idea of why I'm doing this podcast. This is not a venting session. This my my main objective in this particular episode is to establish awareness in the hopes of empathy and understanding and healing emerging out of this discussion. So the question I want to answer in this episode is what happens in our churches that makes some of them destructive and toxic spaces for some? Now, for any of my fam that is that you are not a Christian uh, or you may not deem yourself religious, I encourage you to still listen because this can be very helpful and maybe challenging some of the thoughts or the faulty notions you may have concerning religion or even Christian church. I love church. I love the Christian church. I love some of the culture of the Christian church. Uh, Not all of it is bad. So I don't want to throw out the whole thing. You know, what's the old adage? Uh, Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I guess that's what that ties into. But okay, never mind. I guess I should have left that out. But anyways, you get what I'm saying. So what happens? What happens in our churches that makes some of them so destructive and toxic places and spaces for some? I have five things that I have have experienced and five things that my kids have experienced. Now, understand, I'm pulling a lot of this from the podcast that they recorded with me. And so uh, these are things that were actual experiences. This is not a, a theological discussion or debate. This is not a Christian discussion or debate. This is since this is seriously uh, some problematic issues that we need to become aware of and that we need to be um, a little more voiceful about. I think it will, sh- it will stop a lot of the bloodshed that's happening in a lot of our churches around the world. And this, of course, is not directed to any particular church. This is just dealing with some of the issues. You know, I've I've been a part of multiple churches throughout my Christian life. Um, so I'm definitely not talking about one church in particular. Once again, this is a, a compilation of the many experiences that I've had in addition to the things that my children have triggered in me now. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. So I have five, five things, guys, five that I want to kind of just share with you. Um, and I'm hoping to get all five in, in this episode. I I really am hoping to, um, and listen, if you have comments, questions about this topic, please hit me up on my Facebook or Instagram page, put it in there, put it under the post for this podcast. Like, I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear your feelings on this matter. If you're bold enough to talk about it, no pressure though. So here's the first thing. Here's here's one of the first things that makes this cycle so destructive and toxic. Uh, the pressures of perfection. My kids talked about that. The pressures of being perfect because you are a pastor's kid. But I want to take that a little further. Sometimes the church at large puts pressure on people in general to be perfect. You know, with with unrequited expectations. In other words, like you're you're not you're not being perfect, but you're expecting me to be perfect. And then there are unfounded expectations. Who says that this is how we're supposed to be and this is how my kids are supposed to be? You know, I I laugh a lot of times because even simple things like, oh, my God, I didn't know you were a pastor. Or I didn't know you were a pastor's wife. Or I didn't know you were first lady, whatever you want to call it. I'm thinking I didn't know that it had a look to it. 
And I, I guess people look for that polished look of perfection on a first lady, a pastor's wife, a female pastor. Uh, you know, they look for us to walk around poised as if everything is well and everything is good and everything is right with us. But here's the reality. We all are human beings. Therefore, i.e., we are imperfect. We have flaws. We have issues. We have hangups. We have anger. We have unforgiveness. We have all kinds of things. We have the, the same things that everybody else deals with because you're human. We have the same things. Being in a position or having a title does not exclude us from being uh, human. It does not exclude us from having the same experiences that anybody else would have. So why does the church put those types of pressures uh, on people? Why does the church put that kind of pressure on uh, uh, a what they call first family's family? Like, why? That's that's problematic. And that creates such toxicity um, within that system, within that structure. And it causes individuals like my children and, and like myself to just be like, forget it, man. Like, you know, you, you can't keep trying to please others by trying to live this perfect life you know because what happens is you end up being hypocritical why because in front of the people based on their demands you're trying to look perfect but you know darn well behind the scenes most things are imperfect so pressures of perfection that's one of those areas that we really 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 need to deal with within our church we deal with within you and here it is guys According to the Bible, which is what, once again, this is what my faith believes in. According to the Bible, we're supposed to, uh, we are the church. So we have to deal with ourselves first. Deal with ourselves first. You know, you're not required to be perfect. So why should I expect that on anyone else? I'm not required to be perfect. And you know what? We need to release people and give people the freedom to live out and walk through their imperfections. So this pressure of perfection definitely one of the toxic agents in this cycle. Another uh, downside uh, is cultish tendencies. That would be my number two. This is the excessive need to have control and possessiveness. Uh, their way is the only right way. And a lot of times we can get caught up like that in our church systems, in our religious system, where our religion is the only right religion and the only right way is this way. And we're very, very uh, close minded uh, to other experiences, other things, other truths. I tell people all the time, the Bible is I believe the Bible is all truth, but the Bible is not the only truth. And so when we become very, you know, uh, clicked in like that, those are tendencies that are like a cult. And I know that's a strong word, but it is what it is. It's, it's like those are cultish tendencies. You can't go to someone else's church. And if you leave this church, then you're not a part and you're you're disconnected and you're whatever, you know, you're excommunicated. All of this foolery, that is not um, healthy and it's not healthy for individuals because it breeds fear. It breeds uh, rejection. It breeds so many other psychological issues in people's lives. And, you know, we need to be more careful with that and take responsibility for it. I hope we're not out there spreading the gospel in that manner. 
our way is not the only way. And we have to be okay with that. The third one is hierarchy. This crazy need to have dominion and domination over people, to be in rulership, to be the king, the queen, the the first, the the above and not the beneath. Um, that is hierarchy and it is so uh prevalent. Titles are prevalent in that culture and it literally um almost incites uh what what am I the words I can't even get the words out but it it makes people feel like they are less than or makes people feel like they can't inadequate that's the word I'm looking for makes people feel inadequate like they can never arrive they can never achieve this mighty status that stands before them on a weekly basis you know honor honor your man and your woman of God and I believe in that but we take it too far we take it to the extreme And it becomes a hierarchy versus a family unit versus a team versus, you know, in in the Bible, it talks about us being heirs, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So to me, that means that it makes us on the same level as Jesus joint heirs. We both can approach the we, we can all approach the throne boldly, just as Jesus did, just as he is sitting on the right hand of the father. So why, why do we in our churches feel like there's got to be people higher or or, le- or lower, you know, the fivefold ministry, prophets, evangelists, teachers, prophets, you know, all those people like they, they are the highest. Oh my God. No, they are just positions in the, the, the body of Christ. They are just positions in what we consider our religious organization of church. We got to get off these tips, man, because it's killing people. It's killing people. The fourth thing, this whole dogma driven mentality, you know, dogma where we're just governed by whatever someone teaches us. We're never encouraged to develop connection, our own personal connection with God and everything that these individuals teach. They must be true. We have to believe them. When was the last time you went and did a fact? We fact check everything else. When's the last time you've done some fact checks on some of the things you have been learning? It wasn't until I began to become, got older in age that I started fact checking some things for myself in this religion of Christianity for, I needed to know what am I believing and why am I believing? Why do I do what I do? Because someone told me to? Or because this is the relationship I've established with the God I believe in. And I'm using these terms for any of my Christian friends that may be like, why is she talking like that? Because not all of my listeners are Christians. And I never, ever want them to feel excluded from what I'm talking about. They understand. Everyone understands. I'm talking from my personal perspective, which I am a Christian. But this does not make my position the only position or the only valid position we have to be better we have to do better and stop being so stop being so dogma driven and let's become more educated about what we believe in the days of old are gone where what one man says or what woman woman says is that's it is golden no it sounds good it's, it's bearing witness with me, but you know what? I need to study and find out to make sure that this is what I need to believe 
Because if not, we create cycles of ignorance. We we create cycles of dogma ignorance. I'm not calling the Bible ignorance. I'm saying that we is there is it possible that we can be an error in some things? Is it possible that because we are imperfect that some things are going to be interpreted in a faulty manner? Yes, it is. Just like it is with anything else. It doesn't exclude the Bible. <laughs> the only issue with that is it's people's lives are at stake when we misinterpret or we falsely interpret or fault or interpret things in a faulty manner and then people end up following it based on what we said. This is why we have to s- listen. Let's stop being so dogma driven. We can't control the church as a whole, but we can control our individual churches ourselves and start doing better. And then number five, drama filled. Like today's generation says, baby, let me tell you, our churches can be full of some of the most craziest drama. You know, if people did a brought some cameras on the inside and followed some people around, we would catch a whole lot of like juicy stuff for TV because it's full of judgment. It's full of criticism. It's full of gossip. It's full of a bunch of disgruntled people with malicious motives. That's what that's what comes out of the drama. It And we <laughs> God help us, Jesus. As my kids were saying, you know, they were they were experiencing some of the drama and, you know, I have to give it to my kids. They held it down. They never shared any of these things with with their father and I. They never because, look, they know their mom is crazy. They know their mom is imperfect. They know their mom has uh, an ability to speak her mind regardless of the title on my life. (laughs) And they held it down. Even to date, even after we finished recording, I was like, who guys tell me who? And they're like, mom is dead. Let it go. No, ma'am, we're not telling you that. I guess I'll appreciate that later in life. But right now, (laughs) but the drama, the drama. They experience the drama. They experience hearing the talk in the background. You're talking about we're supposed to be a community of people building and and place making a place of security for all that are part of. But we're we're you're tearing down the families. You're talking about the families behind their backs, talking about them stealing money and talking about what they're not doing and what they listen, 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 listen. If we don't stop this destructive behavior and we think God is pleased with it. We need to think again. We need to think again. Yeah. Because sin is bigger than having sex outside of marriage. Sin is bigger than lying and cheating. Sin is bigger than sin has other parts of it, such as maliciousness and bad, evil motives. We got to be careful to make sure we don't get entangled in that foolery. You know, oh God. When religious efforts become harmful and injurious, Have we crossed the line? I mean, I believe we have. And to the many that may be listening that I personally have injured or hurt in this setting, please, please, please forgive me. I I ask for that in all sincerity. Forgive me for my ignorance and forgive me for my program behaviors. I'm learning. I'm growing. I want to be better. 
And to those that may have been injured by others, please forgive them also for your own health, for your own forward progress. My sincere prayer is that healing and wholeness will flood your hearts and propel you all on your journeys as you keep moving forward. Listen, I love you guys and I want you to keep healing forward. I know you can do this. I know we can do this. We can revolutionize religion and refresh the ways that religion was really designed to to impact our lives. I know for the Christian faith, it was designed to bring people together, to empower them, to, to share light with other people. That's what it is. And of course, we're talking about Christ, duh, Christian, Christ. But it's about spreading the good news of the gospel. Not bashing, harassing, tearing people down, killing, harming, injuring people. We can do this, guys. And as I just said, you know I love you and I'm counting on you. I will never stop believing in you, and I don't want you to ever stop believing in me. We're in this together. Let's make it happen. Have a great one, guys. I am.